Hey, you're listening to Bitter's Pill number 122. Please don't break. Uh, this is was originally released as a premium pill. Now coming at you for absolutely free. Yeah, all the premium shows are going to be released for free now. Starting from the first premium show and uh, on and on and on and so on at infinitum. So this is number 22, uh, 122. Please don't break. Sponsored by the Bitter's Pill Premium. If you want to know what I'm doing now instead of uh, three years ago become a premium pill subscriber or if you want to get all these episodes right now just go to thebitterspill.com slash purchase and you can get the first year that's pillbox or the second year premium pills that's pillbox 2-t-o-o anyway uh in the meantime please enjoy this episode number 122 please don't break Please don't break, please don't break, please please don't break, please don't break, please please don't break, please don't break, please please don't break, please don't break. My daddy may now make an announcement. So I got to talk fast before the sugar wears off, you know, now, you know, I'm not supposed to really eat sugar, but I was feeling very tired and I knew, you know, we were going to talk and I want to have energy. I wanted to, you know, be able to tell you what I need to tell you because I need to tell you some things. And, uh, you know, I came in the studio here and I'm going to get to why there were cookies in the studio. I came in the studio and, um, there they were and I needed that fix. And so, you know, you know, me and my dietary, you know, I'm slimming down. That's why I'm eating chocolate chip cookies at uh, 845 in the morning. Now, the reason they're cookies. OK, here's a story. I I, I, uh, I don't mind having guests in the house. I rather enjoy it. You know, every once in a while, a friend will come over, maybe a friend of my wife's friend of the kids. Well, I shouldn't say that. That might be overstepping it. Every once in a while, I enjoy having someone that I select come over to the house. If it's a friend of mine and I want them to be here, then I quite enjoy it. Actually, I think other than that, I'm not that hot on the whole thing. What really drives me nuts is having someone here who's not visiting, who's working or something. When we remodeled the kitchen, have you ever have you ever remodeled anything and had people in your house all the time? See, luckily those guys, because we were remodeling essentially a third of the house. I mean, we have a tiny house. You know where our house is? It's in Los Angeles, under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. We are, uh, you know, a Wolfgang Puck uh, Express Cafe adjacent, Terminal Seven. Terminal Seven, Sepulveda, our house. So we're having about a third of the place, but what, what what they do is kind of cordon off with sheets of plastic, their part of the house. So they had their part and we had our part. And that kind of, you know, that worked out. And um, now, you know, we have someone come and clean the house. It's now once a week. And I know what you're saying, Dan, you're so worried about uh, the finances that I know it's going to end. Trust me. It's going to end and we're going to go back to me cleaning I don't know when I'm going to clean, but I'm going to do it because I can't. First of all, I can't stand the, the cash outlay, but that's just the miser in me. The miser in me does not want to pay that kind of money to have someone else clean the house. But 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 I, I can rationalize it by saying, well, look, if we didn't do it, I would have to do it. I don't know when I would do it. And uh, I like to think that I don't have time to do it because I don't. I would have to make time to do it. And that would be a scheduling thing. And the truth is I got to do it. And it's not just about the money. You know what it is? I don't like people being at the house that are here to work. I don't like it. I don't like someone here to clean because they're not cleaning the way I would clean. They're not, you know, clean. Could you clean one room at a time? Go in the room, clean the room, and then get out of the room. But what cleaning people like to do is they like to, you know, maybe sweep this room and then sweep that room and then undo the bed here. So the whole house is in disarray. The entire time they're here. And then at the last minute, everything gets put back 
and they take their money and they leave. But for that, you know, however, five, six, seven, 25 hours, it feels like 25. They're actually here for about three hours. They make $30,000. It's kind of irritating when the person that comes to clean your house has a nicer car than you do. Would that irk you? So I cannot stand having anyone here cleaning the house. It drives me batty. So what I do typically on those days is I linger. When I drop off to Lou, I linger. Any shopping I have to do, any excuse to go to Target, do my Pilates bodies research, any of that kind of thing. Stop by the library. The library in Smell Segunda opens at 9. 9 in the morning. I can So Target opens at 7 or 8. The library in El Segundo opens at 9, so I can put off getting home for quite a while. And then I got to get cash for the cleaning woman because, gosh forbid, she take a check. She, you, you don't want to get into why she can't take a check, do you? Let's just say I'll never be president. Now, the thing is I've come to live with that scenario due to my laziness and my uh, you know, desire to feel kind of upper middle class, which is gone, by the way. All these self-help books, it's gone, baby. I no longer have the need for any sort of exterior, uh, uh, you know, show of uh, any kind of pseudo wealth. I have, it's gone. I don't need it. I don't feel guilty anymore about the cars we drive. I don't feel guilty how about, about how bad the backyard looks, how it's not perfect. It's gone. It's gone, baby. And for those of you that wrote me and said I should mow my own lawn, you know what? That might be next because I don't care anymore. But this is what's driving me crazy. So Monday, yesterday was Monday. Today's Tuesday. I'm talking to you. When I'm talking to you today, right now, today for me, my body, where I am is Tuesday. Which means yesterday was Monday, which means yesterday was Cleaning Woman Day. Oh, she's a very nice woman. I like her quite a bit. She's not the one. Remember we had a cleaning lady before that used to give us a hard time because we didn't clean up enough between visits? That's not the way to go, right? No, it's not her. It's a different one. Very nice woman. She shows up at eight. How you doing? But I, I, I get out as soon as she arrives. Get out! Get her out of here! Hurry up and get out! But what happens is now you know my wife works here too. But see, my wife is usually confined to her office slash our bedroom. The poor thing, she really does. You know, she got this little work area in our bedroom. That's glamorous. That's the glamour. That's the glamour of having a big corporate job in the 21st century, kids. You end up working at what used to be the changing table for the baby. That big glamorous job you used to want, you end up at home. At least you're home, though you are at home. That's the upside. The downside is you're home. The upside, you're home. You're home in your, uh, you know, your sweatpants and no makeup. And in a way, that's kind of awesome. So she's usually relegated to her little spot, and then I have my little spot in the office. The quote-unquote office slash laundry folding area slash would-be guest room if anyone ever came over. And then, you know, the studio's here in the garage. And we're going to go away, okay? We're going away. Next week, we're going away. We're going to Hawaii again. Third year in a row, yay. Now, I know what you're thinking, Dan, you're so worried about money. We're not paying for it. We don't pay for it. Do you understand? Oh, wait, no, actually, we do pay to get there. I take that back. We do pay to get there. We don't get to stay. We don't pay to stay. Melissa has to go for business. And you know what? If you have to, you know, get one room for one person that, you know, four people could be in that room too. It is the only thing that we do that simulates a, an actual vacation in any way that's not family related. The kids and I are in the lap of luxury. We're at the pool all day. Really, the only downside for me, honestly, is that I have to spend five, six, seven days uh, sucking in my gut. That's really, for me, that's the the main downside. That and every once in a while I have to go to some gathering, some dinner. I have to act like a normal person, part of society. I don't want to go in there. Well, I really, honestly, dude, stay at home, dad. Yeah, you own three BMW dealerships and I, uh, you know, I'm a chauffeur for a five-year-old. 
Well, I'm a podcaster. What's that? Well, basically, I sit in my garage uh, like Rupert Pupkin from King of Comedy, and I talk into a microphone. And blah, 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 blah. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about it. I want to go and just hang out at the pool with my kids and suck in my gut, and then I want to just, you know, go eat with them or have room service or whatever and be, be left alone. So, but leading up to these trips, my wife always has some big project that no one wanted to talk about until the last minute. And then the last minute comes, and then they have to run around, you know, like headless chickens until they get it done. And they won't get it done before we go. And then I'm going to be up like I was last year in the middle of the night burning DVDs for their big presentation. Hey, guess what? You're all making six figures, six figures, but me, why am I the one up in the middle of the night? I love how you guys all get to go to your big fancy dinners and get drunk. And I'm on the one up at three in the morning burning DVDs for your big presentation in the morning. Melissa and I, here we sit, making phone calls back and forth to the mainland. Uh. So Melissa, my wife, you know who I was talking about. She's working on her big presentation, this big thing, and they, they're getting movie clips. She and her partner getting movie clips together, and uh, Kevin came down from San Francisco, and you know her partner, Joel, nice guy. Kevin, nice guy. They're here. But see, they're here. You see where we're going with this? They're here. Like yesterday, they were here in my studio all day long. I ha I wanted to talk to you. I don't want to stay out of here and not talk to you. I wanted to come in here and talk to you. We had we had things to catch up on. I don't want those guys in here laughing their laughs and telling their jokes and working on their work. I want to be in here talking to you. Get out. You, you, and you, and the cleaning lady. Get out of my my life. Because really, I'm, you know, I'm a hermit. I admit it. I admit it. I'm a hermit. I want to be left alone. If you want to clean the house, you know what? You should come at midnight. I'll be sleeping and you clean the house. Just leave the bed alone. You can do whatever you want to do in the house. Clean, scrub, vac, I don't, I, okay? And then get out. You have till seven o'clock to get out. So they're in here, you know, working, doing their jobs, making their uh, dough in my studio. My, the only little corner of the world that I call my own. Even though it's not really mine. Obviously, it's, you know, the family's. And I know I shouldn't be so sensitive. But, you know, they're in here working all day. And I'm in the house, you know, designing a logo for the the uh, spring event for the school because I said yes because I can't say no because then I really feel guilty about the fact that I'm not over there three hours a day kissing everyone's derriere. So, you know, I said yes about the logo, which is fine, fine, happy to do it. I enjoy it. I'll get to, you know, I, basically I just like to look for fonts. I like to look for free fonts. I admit it. Do you know that about me? I like looking for free fonts. Okay, there, I, just, I said it. I had to look for a certain kind of font. I thought it was fun. It's fun. It's fun to look for free fonts. You know why? Because I like things that are free. I do. I like things that are free. I like things that are cheap. I like things that should be expensive but aren't expensive. You know, okay, so I look for fonts. So I'm sitting there. I'm looking for my fonts. And I'm trying to design my thing. And I have to say this. and should say that and kind of convey a feeling of this kind of fun or that kind of fun or whatever. And those guys are in my studio watching movies. I even brought them out all my DVDs. Here are all my DVDs in my studio, my men sitting in my chair. But every once in a while, they'll come in to pee or get something to eat or drink, get a little food, whatever. So Melissa's partner, Joel, comes in. I don't even think he said hi. Now, he'd been there a while, but, you know, no, like, hey, I'm not, nothing. I'm sitting working on the computer. He says, oh, yeah, um, all your bathrooms are out of toilet paper. And then he goes in the bathroom and, uh, you know, relieves himself. Listen, you're back in the office with my wife, you know, the actual owner of the home. Nonstop. You got to come in here and tell me what, 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 what am I, janitorial services now, too? I don't know why that upset me so much. I was absolutely furious for the rest of the day. I mean, it was bad enough that the cleaning lady had been here and those guys are in the studio working on computers. Well, I, I wanted to be in there working on a computer. I wanted, to be, I wanted to be in there talking to you. 
Hey, Dan, by the way, uh, you, you, there's a cleanup on aisle three. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. No, you're right. Melissa, God forbid, Melissa, uh, refill the toilet paper. Because then who would be in there to listen to your jokes? No, you're right. I should do it. I should do it. Oh, hi. How are you? So now I'm mad at Joel. Get out of my house. Now, Kevin's here from out of town, so they had to get him a hotel room. Can't you guys just go work there? Go work there. Go work there. Wherever this hotel is. Melissa, that may, that means you too. Oh, you won't be able to see the kids. Guess what? You can't see the kids now anyway. It's only infuriating for the kids to know that you're here, but you can't be with them. So go to the hotel and work. Can you not do that? Build the minibar to the company. Leave me out of it. I want to talk to my people. I'm crabby because I'm very tired. I had to sip a little tea. Don't worry, I've got my Diet Coke standing by. I know. I've had to, I've had to caffeinate myself pretty much nonstop since. So as not to be confusing, since eleven fifty nine p.m. Saturday. Now, up until eleven fifty nine p.m. Saturday had been fairly run of the mill in that. Uh, you know, we got up on Saturdays. I make pancakes. Now, this is how exciting our lives are. See, most of the week, the kids eat pancakes that are freezer pancakes made by a big corporation. All those perfectly shaped little freezer freezer pancakey things. But we get them whole wheat, you know, to, to to not feel quite so bad about the fact that we're giving our kids frozen pancakes all day long. Oh, breakfast champions, frozen whole wheat toaster pancakes and uh, uh, breakfast sausages. <laughs> oh, they're going to be so healthy. So then on Saturdays, they still want pancakes, but I make pancakes from some batter stuff that I make. 80,000 grain, uncrushed, whatever it is. You know what I mean? And the kids want me to make really kind of weird, funky. We, we call them Rorschach pancakes because they're not round. And we gave up trying to make animal shapes because you can't really control pan. I can't really control pancake better like that. If you make it thick enough to control it that much, you're not making pancakes. You're making uh, goo-filled pancake lumps. So I make Rorschach pancakes on, on Saturday mornings. And I just make, you know, weird shapes and then they, they figure out what they are. It's actually a lot of fun. So we do that and then we go to swimming. You know, the kids go to swimming. I did something other than swimming. What did I do? Oh, I rode my bike. I rode my bike around listening to my uh, my uh, tapes, my self-help tapes. I'm all into my self-help tapes now. You realize that, right? You know, a man in his mid-40s wakes up one day and realizes, hey, guess what? Uh, yeah, you have nothing. You maybe want to at least go to the library and get yourself some self-help tapes so you think that maybe someday you're going to get your act together. So I ride my bike around listening to the self-help tapes. And it's kind of fun because I ride I, I ride random. I'm a random guy. I'm not a set routine guy when it comes to riding my bike. That, that's too boring. Like I used to, like I don't like to go from here to there and then turn around and come back. I don't like to do that. It used to get me in trouble when I used, I used to go walk up in Griffith Park. You know where that is up near the Hollywood sign, near the Hollywood Observatory, Griffith Observatory. There are all these roads in there and trails and all this stuff and, and I used to walk from our apartment in uh, Los Feliz the Happies and I'd walk up the road and I'd get up to Griffith Park and I'd walk around there but I would refuse to turn around and go back the way I came and I would uh, get lost and then fall in a heap from low blood sugar and just kind of lie there in the bushes somewhere kind of near the zoo and cry so I didn't learn my lesson, though. So what I do, though, is I, I at least know where I am when I'm riding my bike because I am not w riding through the wilderness of Griffith Park. Griffith Park, you know, there's walkers, joggers. There's kind of shady looking uh, homosexual guys looking for just kind of a little relief. And then, of course, I'm sure there's a, your, you know, mass murderer in there somewhere hiding from the law. Stuff like that. Here I know it's streets, cars, airplanes. You know, bicyclists, walkers, that sort of thing. But 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 
I get bored riding through the nice neighborhoods because, you know, who needs that? And I live here at the airport, so I, I, I go down here and I pass the old where the library used to be that husband and I used to go to. And then I turn this way and I go past long-term parking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Past long-term parking, past Burger King, past the Singapore Airlines signs, take a left, go around the this hotel, that hotel, Hudson's Old School. Because Hudson's Old School was literally, literally under the landing pattern of the airport like i think the i think the uh i think the airport actually bought the building to tear it down because it's so in the landing zone that they uh, we we can't do this anymore so i rode around and then you know we did this we did that we had dinner who knows what we did but my daughter was very tired she actually she said my daughter uh, you know princess tirade she wanted to watch ratatouille so Hudson agreed, you know, because we like to have movie night every once in a while, watch, you know, on our little 13-inch whatever it is. We were going to watch Ratatouille. I think my wife had work or something. But anyway, my daughter ended up, she, she fell asleep before the movie started. It even hadn't even, nothing. Nothing had happened. Because, see, our, our DVD player is at the point where it doesn't want to play any DVDs anymore. So what happens is we spend about 20 minutes trying to get the DVD player to play a DVD. And then I go and get the tiny cheapo DVD player that we bought, the portable thing for our many plane rides, six-hour plane rides. God's gift to transcontinental air travel, the portable DVD player for the kids. Hundred bucks and <laughs> sanity is restored to your life. So we go and get that and I hook it up to the TV and then we end up watching the DVD player that's sitting on the floor. Well, I start getting drowsy. And so I'm like, oh, you know, you feel it coming over here. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm tired today. I got to admit it. You know what? Hudson and I are just kind of cuddled and I can, you know what I'm going to do? Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to give into this right now. I've seen this movie. No offense, Brad Bird. No offense, uh, Patton Oswald. But listen, I, I got, I'm going to take a little siesta. Cuddle with my man. I'm going to sleep, and then uh, I'll, when, you know, the movie's over. Mm. Oh, this is going to be so good. So I fall asleep. I fall asleep until about 11.59-ish p.m. Hudson's gone. Princess Tirade is gone. I'm the only one in the living room. There's a light on still. Melissa? I have no idea where she is. It's midnight. I assume she's in bed. And I hear this strange sound coming from the kids' room. The sound like a, I don't even know. What's that? Because I'm, you know, I'm asleep. I mean, I am asleep. Full on, rapid eye movement, deep, 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 dream weird dreams. Weird dreams about how it's the first day of the big performance, of the big school play. And I have the lead and I've never read the script. That kind of dream. Do you ever have those dreams? You dream, you go and you visit your cousins. You don't recognize their house, but you really got to get from here to there. You don't know how, or you go back to college. I have this, all these weird reoccurring dreams. Go back to college for some reason. You know, at my age, I'm going to go back to college. <laughs> I can't find my glasses. No, my classes, not my glasses. I have great vision in my dreams. Absolutely wonderful vision. That's a good thing about it. So I can't, I can't pull myself up out of this. But I hear somewhere some weird like <laughs> type sound, like a creepy haunted house, like, <laughs> and I'm trying to think, does my, did my great, great grandfather, does he live with us? Because that's, that's the sound is like, <laughs> like Edgar Allan Poe has been working on a rough draft under the house. And this is like <laughs> the telltale cask of Amontillado or whatever. You know, I don't know what is going on. All I know is that. <laughs> It's kind of a creepy sound. 
And then I hear a little voice, Daddy, I can't breathe. I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. I can't talk. I can't think. Part of me is awake. Part of me is up. I'm in the kid's room and it's princess. And princess is... <gasps> princess can't breathe. Princess, who was perfectly fine all day long. No signs of anything. She went to sleep early. <gasps> so then, <gasps> Melissa wakes up. And she comes in. She can't breathe. She can't breathe. She immediately freaks out. Now, Melissa and I freak out in, in different ways. And I'm sure, you know... Basically, I freak out by shutting down and being quiet and trying to get my head together. Melissa freaks out by freaking out and not stopping talking. Talk, 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 talk. And I'm like, think, 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 think. And I can't think because she won't stop. Talk, 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 to talk, talk, talk. So I'm trying to calm down Princess and she can't calm down because she can't breathe. Like, oh my God, what are we going to do? It's the middle of the night. I can't think. She won't shut up. Please, honey, shut up. Shut up. So let's keep saying, we, we should call 911. We should call 911. We should, we should call 911. Okay, why don't you go do that then, honey? Go talk to them. Now, my wife always have trouble with the phone. Brilliant woman, for some reason, can't dial a phone. Every phone is broken in the world of my wife. Every phone is broken, and, and, and the fact that every phone is broken is always somehow my responsibility. Honey, it's three digits. Pick up a phone, turn it on, 911. You know the drill. Now I'm in no position to talk because I can't think. I haven't, I'm not actually awake. My heart is awake. My head's kind of awake, but it's just going in circles. And she keeps saying, we got to call 911. And I keep saying, then go do it. But I have no idea what we would tell them. Even though my daughter is sitting on the bed going, I can't breathe. I, I'm like, honey, I don't know what to say. I literally just am like, I can't wake up. I'm freaking out. You talk to them. You're the talker. You haven't stopped talking since you came in the room. Why am I calling 911? I'm sitting here calmly calming down our daughter, trying to get her to relax and breathe like a normal person. And you don't want to stop talking. Why are you making me call them? It was your idea. Go. Do. Execute. Go. But because she can't work one of the house phones, she doesn't. And she, so I hand her my phone. She doesn't want to use my phone. I don't want to use a phone that I don't understand. Honey, just, can you not do this? Again, easy for me to say because I can't think of what to say to the 911 people even though my daughter's going, I can't breathe. Now, part of it is because some irrational thing is like, I don't want to call 911 because they're going to send a, a fire truck and a paramedic and... It's just my, if we can just calm her down, right? She's perfectly fine, right? Isn't she perfectly fine? Last time I saw her, she was perfectly fine. Just because she keeps saying, I can't breathe. I mean, is that really enough to call 911? I don't want to disturb anyone in the middle of the night just because my daughter can't breathe. I mean, why, why would I do that? So my wife is on the phone and she's saying, yes, it's our little girl. She woke up. She can't breathe. She has a very croupy seal cough. She was fine, uh, but we're very concerned about her. Please, could you listen? You don't need to turn on sirens. You don't, okay? Just paramedics or somebody that, that can check her out, her vitals. Because meanwhile, I'm on the phone, you know, with the doctor's office. But this is now, you know, midnight, 05, 010, whatever, right? The doctor... God love him has a 30 minute outgoing message. If this, if this is the hospital with a healthy baby alert, please press four now. If this is a patient, you know what I mean? So I finally get through to that and the, the message is very clear. Hey, listen, if you're calling after 10, we're not going to call you back unless someone's dying. So I don't page the doctor because I figure we've already paged the paramedics. So we've taken Princess back into the office and we've straightened up because, you know, you got to straighten up before the paramedics get here. There was some clean laundry on the futon that didn't get to. Or some dirty laundry that had been sorted. There, some, we had to straighten up the office. 
for the for the firemen. So now Melissa's trying to keep Princess calm, and she's actually doing much better by now. She's calmed down. Her breathing is fairly normal. She keeps like a seal. And I'm on door duty. Now, we told them not to necessarily turn on the sirens and all that. That wasn't necessary. But we did impart to them a certain sense of urgency you know, by saying key buzzwords like five-year-old daughter can't breathe. Things like that. Right? Okay. Now, what is the first evidence that they're on the way? Was it A, seeing the vehicle, B, seeing the lights, or C, hearing the sirens? I don't want to wake up the whole neighborhood. You know why? Because I don't want to deal with... I don't want to deal with my neighbors coming over to see how Princess is doing at midnight. I don't, I don't want that. Can you not turn on the, it's bad enough that, oh, look, a fire truck. How are guys in a fire truck, not an ambulance, a fire truck going to help my daughter breathe? How, wh who is on that fire truck? That's good. You don't have to break into the house. You don't have to ladder upstairs to pull her out of a fire and then check and see why she's not breathing. Whoever's in the, the, the truck called paramedics. See how it says paramedics on the truck behind you? Those are the guys that I need. I don't need the guys with the big, you know, waterproof boots. Now, these guys, so they turn the corner. They've got the sirens on and they're doing about 4.75 miles per hour. And they're acting like... I'm not standing in the doorway with all the lights on, waving at them. I just kind of pull up. <sighs> they park. It's raining. I admit it. It's raining. So they all got their big yellow reflective coats on. And if the fire truck and the paramedic truck hadn't been so large, it would have been like a, the, the clown show at the zoo or at the circus. The clown car. Because... Like, oh, look, here's number one, number two, number three, number four. We, we mentioned that it's just a little girl who can't breathe. Number five, number six. Here they come up the driveway. <laughs> Literally, like, I actually turn to them like, guys, is there anyone left at the station? What if something catches on fire? I've got a little girl here that probably needs some sort of inhaler. Check her vitals. I don't need 16 guys in Wellington boots traipsing through the living room. That rug, see that rug you're all walking on? That is our most, like, white-knuckle expenditure for the last five years, is finding, researching, and buying that stupid rug. But they all come at home, pumping, and exactly what you expect to happen happens. The two guys that were in the truck mark paramedics go in first. Mellow guys. But they jump into action. The one guy, hi, little girl. And he starts talking to Princess, calming her down, introduces himself. Nice guy, mellow guy, kind of gets out his things and he's showing it to her. And he's like, hey, I got to put this little light thing on your finger. And what's the matter, honey? And he's, he's just being great with her. And then the other guy, obviously his partner, takes out a clipboard and starts making notes. And the other four guys just sit there like, yeah, we're going to go lock up the rig. And then they go out over the rug. Boom, 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 boom. Why did you come in? We didn't call and say the house is on fire. There, there's no cat in the tree. There's not even an upstairs. You could have stayed in the truck. Uh, they're all like they go in there. They see a mom and a little girl. <laughs> We're going to go lock up the rig. So they put, you know, the thing on Princess's finger. And she's, you know, she doesn't know what's going on. All she knows is she's half asleep. She doesn't feel well. There are these guys in these big yellow coats. They put these big adhesive things on her, on her chest. One here, one there. Click diodes. Put the thing on her finger. She thinks it's going to hurt, of course. But the dudes are being dudes. They're on it, man. These The paramedic guys, they know what they're doing. 
So they interview her, they interview us. And they're real cool. You know, mellow guy and shaven bald guy. And so shaven bald guy, you know, takes notes and tells us this and asks us that and da 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 and they make the report out. And they say, yeah, you know, you, you might want to take her to a hospital. They may, they're going to want to look at her, listen to her, you know, maybe a chest film, something like that, you know. So we all agree that the closest hospital is probably this one called, um, not closest, but, cl- you know, you weigh closeness versus busyness. Saturday night, you understand what I'm saying? Because if you go north, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to get. Party people, gunshots, who knows? If you go south into uh, the South Bay slash Torrance, who knows what you're going to get? Probably not so dramatic. Probably not quite so ER. So, so yeah, we'll go to a little company of Mary or St. Mary's, little company, whatever the heck it's called. We've been there a couple times before when Princess hurt her arm. You remember that story? It's an old thing. Story, she hurt her arm. Guy gave her a cast. Then our doctor called us back and said, take off the cast, quick! So, so they leave and I'm like, oh, my son's going to be so disappointed he missed all the excitement. Hey, come down to the station house. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Come down. They're very cool. They leave and they drive off. The lights have been on the whole time, of course. Whatever. Okay. I look. No movement next door that way. No movement next door this way. Okay, good. Now it becomes negotiation time where you're in a situation and the person that you're discussing the situation with you assume has an opinion on how things should go, but won't say what the opinion is. They just keep asking you, well, we should take her to the hospital, right? Yeah. Well, don't you, we probably should, right? Just, I don't want her to wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, not be breathing. Yeah. I say, yeah, we should take her to the hospital. Yeah. We should probably do that. Cause if we wait till morning, yeah, hun, we should take, I mean, we're having, we're, we're having what is quickly becoming a heated agreement. But see where she's going with this is not, should we, or shouldn't we? She wants me to take her, which is fine with me, but just say it. Well, do you think we should wake up Hudson? You know, he, you know how he worries about his sister and he does. If we had woken up Hudson, he, he would have been a basket case. He can't take it. If she so much as sneezes, he goes into Apple a, a fit. He's so worried, so protective of that little princess that he couldn't take it. So we agree, no, no, no. Hudson should stay home and sleep as long as he can and miss as much of this as humanly possible. Honey, can you just say that you want me to take her? Can you just, I don't mind. Can we just agree? Oh, okay. So we agree. I'm going to man up and it's fine with me. I'd, I'd, I had no problem with it at all. I got, I've already, I'm already dressed. It's not like I, I never got undressed. I still got all my clothes on. Thank God I took a shower during the afternoon. I got all my clothes on. Listen, okay, we're going to get Mrs. Otter, the stuffed animal. We're going to get a blanket. I'll put her big, fuzzy, furry, sweet little uh, cozy coat on her, the one with the hood because it's pouring rain. We'll put her... Uh, what do you call them? Uh, slippers in my pocket. I got my uh, walk, not my Walkman. You know what I mean? iPod. Got my iPod. Got my fold-up headphones. I got her uh, blanket. Okay, and let's go. We get to go. We get her in the car, and I drive off to Little Saint Mary's Joseph Company Hospital. Now, I should have replaced the front axle on Studio VW nine months ago. And it didn't break. I'm not saying it broke. I'm not saying the axle broke in the rain. But there is something really paranoid about not really being awake yet, even though paramedics have been in your house, like kind of freaking out and driving your not breathing, formerly not breathing princess daughter down to the hospital in the middle of the night when it's pouring rain in Southern California and thinking if tonight is the night that that axle goes, I am never going to survive it. Please don't break. Please don't break. Please, please, please don't break. 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 So we get to little St. Mary's company of angels, whatever it is. It's pretty mellow. Seems like there's only, you know, a handful of people there. One, two, three, four, maybe four. 
groups, five groups, at the most, five groups of people waiting. It's super small, super mellow. We sign in. How you doing? Get some paperwork. Well, Princess goes to sleep. She's sleeping. Sleep and sleep and sleeping. And I'm the one like, no, 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 no. So I'm going to go, uh, I, I prop, I prop her head under her coat. I put this semi damp blanket over her. And I sneak off to the vending machine because I want to get some water. I'm very thirsty. I got it. Oh man, I got to drink something. Well, of course <laughs> the water sold out. There's only diet Coke. Yummy. So I, you know, I wire myself out. Because I want to be alert for the doctors and all that stuff, you know. And my phone buzzes. And it's Melissa. How's she, how's she, how's she doing? What's going on? What's happening? We just got here. Okay, so is she doing okay? Is she breathing? Yeah, she's doing, she's doing great. She's, you know, uh, she and Hudson are the least traumatized by this whole thing. Okay, well, you, you're going to keep me posted, right? Yeah, of course. I told you, I already texted you that we were here. Right? Sometimes I have trouble texting her, but I figured it out. I had to like start again or whatever. It's pretty annoying. I can text anyone in the world, but my own wife. Good. Good work. Every half hour, 45 minutes, or whatever, whatever sound is either calling or texting. Somehow my wife is communicating with me. How's she doing? Are you in yet? No. No. See, if I was in yet, I would call you. I would call you or text you. That's why I figured out how to text you or to call. I know how to call you. So what? So I drove down here in the rain with the broken axle. Please don't break. Please don't break. And you're going to sit at home in bed and watch TV and worry. You could have been here worrying and I could have actually gone back to sleep. I hate to sound like a cold, uh, you know, whatever. But in these situations, got to tell you, folks, I hate to say it. I hate to admit it. I can sleep. I can go right back to sleep like nothing's going on. Hey, listen, I'll worry about it in the morning. There's no need for me to miss an, uh, a good night's sleep worrying over something that I can just as easily worry about afterwards. So when you get back, wake me up and let me know how you did. No, 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 no. She's going to stay home and be awake and I'm going to be at the hospital and be awake. That's, that's, that's not good planning team. That's, that's not playing your zones. Because now guess what? Sunday, we're both going to have pulled all nighters and Hudson will not have missed a wink of sleep and apparently princess tirade is not going to miss a wink either so i'm sitting there and i'm gonna wait you know you gotta wait it's not like on tv where you people rush in see what they don't show you on, t on tv like i used to watch er you ever watch those medical shows? You must watch House or something. There's the ER people, but then every once in a while there's a scene where in the background, sometimes in the regular scene, but usually it's in the background, there's a big room of people waiting. That's that's the reality of the waiting room or the ER, right? right? Those people. It's not bursting in with a gurney and, uh, you know, a guy talking all, we got a camp seven, but we can need a chest film. No, no, no. It's people sitting and waiting. So I'm reading, you know, I'm reading a little P.T. Barnum on my iPhone, reading a little uh, Dostoevsky. I'm reading Dostoevsky, uh, Notes from the Underground. And I'm getting into it a little too much. It's written from the point of view of a guy who's 40-something who is angry and bitter and one of the things he's angry and bitter about is the fact that he's not really actually as angry and bitter as he wants to let on. And he keeps saying that he's not saying these things to entertain you. And yet, then he admits that he really isn't as hip as he wants to be. That if you gave him a nice cup of tea and somewhere to sit, he'd be just fine. I'm kind of freaking out. Dostoevsky, when did you write this? You are freaking me out. 
You are freaking me the stink out. Are you talk are you are you talking to me? Are you are you killing me softly? What are you doing? And I looked at my little princess lying there. Well, not really lying, curled up there. Her arm on the blanket, her head on the arm of the chair. And I looked around the hospital and I realized, wow, you know. God bless these doctors and these nurses. Because you never know when you're going to be at their mercy. And maybe that's not really the way to put it. But you know what I mean? Like you, you don't know when you go to bed. When you fall asleep on the couch, you don't know. You could wake up in a life-threatening situation. A situation that the only people that can really pull you out of it are the medical folks. And I realize that, you know, how much time I've spent trying to be a, a you know, a bitter little guy who takes a certain amount of mouse pride in feeling superior to others just because he's angry or something. But here are people dedicated, truly dedicated to watching our backs. They've, they've each got the corner of a safety net and they pull it tight all night long just in case you come in. It's not 1 o'clock, it's 2 o'clock, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. These people are at work. They're in good humor. They're doing their thing. They've got, they've got a system down. And you come in not breathing or beat up or shot or you're really hot and you don't know why you're really cold. You don't know why they're there. They got some answers. They're going to work it out with you. So I, I was reading Dostoevsky and having this weird kind of like medical appreciation moment, you know? Then this cute young woman comes out pushing a stroller. She's got her PJ bottoms on and some kind of long sleeve t-shirt, you know, like she got summoned out of bed. She's kind of cute. She keeps glancing over my way like, I don't know. Are you ever in a situation where you can't, you, you think, is she looking at me or is she just looking at me because she thinks I'm looking at her? Like, are we having a mutual thing where the other one thinks the other one's looking at them? I wish she'd stop doing that. She's kind of cute. She got to stop doing that. She's kind of, well, he's with kind of a dopey looking guy. So you immediately think, wow, he did pretty well for such a dopey guy. But then she refers to him as Uncle Luke. Like, oh, okay, one plus one, that's a brother. And I would have let it go at that. Except I hear, you know, they're complaining. They're complaining. And they're saying, we, how long have we been here? We've been here like, since eight, we've been here like seven hours. We were here seven hours. And they, they looked at the kid for like two seconds. What the hell? My reaction, of course, is, holy cow, they were here for seven hours? You kidding me? Am I going to be sitting here for seven hours? You've got to be kidding me. Then I thought, wait a minute, if you've been here for seven hours, what in the hell is she doing in her pajamas? What the hell are you doing in your pajamas? My third thought, hey, listen, hold on. Hey, you were here for seven hours to see someone who has dedicated their life to medicine. It's not their fault that you're, you brought your kid in because he's backed up. So what, they gave him a little in the uh, keister and they fished out a little, uh, you know. And that was that. Give the kid some vegetables. Give the kid some vegetables. You won't be here, cutie pie, for seven hours. You and Uncle Luke. Where, by the way, where's the kid's dad? Uh, probably at home. 
probably at home with the other kid, but he's sleeping. They eventually call us. It wasn't seven hours later for us. I don't know what time it was, probably four or something. But when you're locked and loaded, you don't know what time it is. You don't care. I mean, you know, I mean, I look, I guess, every once in a while just out of curiosity. But it's not like I had somewhere to go. I was there. I was there for Princess. Hey, listen, there are no other plans. The sun could come up and back down again, and I'm just going to wait. She's sleeping peacefully. There are doctors on the other side of that big door. We're cool. So I don't know. They, 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 They may have called us in around four. You know, the lady comes through, princess tirade. So I scoop her up. The blanket. My hat. Her coat. Mrs. Otter. And we go back and they take us to a room and we got to tell the tale to the doctor. Now the doctor comes in. He's a bald guy. You know, young, younger than me. Bald guy, good shape. Nice guy. Really just like a mellow Exactly how you'd want a doctor, like a mellow guy, down-to-earth guy, experienced guy, no-hair guy. I like this guy. I'm like, doc, you know what? I like this doctor. I would wait seven hours to see this guy. Absolutely. Bring it on, brother. So she's, she's still sleeping. Princess. Princess is sleeping. Now she just happens to be sleeping, lying down on a little hospital bed. He listens to her chest. Sounding pretty good. Listens to her this, listen to that. Bah, 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 bah. This is what we're going to do. I think we should give her a little, uh, what did he say? Like a steroid or something, I guess it was. And, we're, and I'd really like to take a chest x-ray just to make sure this came on so suddenly. In triage, she had a very high uh, heart rate. I just got to check. You understand? We just got to check everything out. Cool. Cool. Hey, doc, listen. Cool. My brother. So Dr. My Brother goes, you know, he's bald, bald, bald and pale. That's my, that's my bald guy, bald and pale. Which is not to say I don't like bald, like African-American guys, black men, you know, but the, the difference is, and you know, this is true. Black men, you look better bald than we do. You just do. You know it. Just come clean. You know, we, we know, we know that you do and you know that you do and we know that you know that you do. You just look cooler. Get over yourself. Yeah, was that a racist thing to say? No, it was racial. If what, are you in denial about the fact that black guy, bald black guys just look cooler than bald white guys? Well, get over it, because they do. But you know what, Dr. Dr. Bald, my brother, he, you know, he was making it work. I got to get back down to the bone, baby. Anyway, so... So we wait, you know, we wait, we got to wait for the chest film thingy, the x-ray. That's going to be kind of lame. It's going to be bad because they're going to have to wake her up. We're going to have to stand her up. He said they could bring a thing in, but it wouldn't be as good. And listen, if it means waking her up, but getting a better shot at knowing what's going on, then I'm going to wake her up. Sorry. Sorry, honey, but. mm -hmm. So then another dude comes in. In scrubs. And, but on this guy's stethoscope, it says RN. So I guess this guy is a nurse. Another bald, pasty guy. So bald, pasty nurse guy comes in and starts asking me, you know, how's she doing? What's she in for? You know what? I was, uh, I was helping another patient. And so I, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to check in and say hi. And I'm like, totally cool. Cool. Well worth seven hours. I didn't even wait seven hours. Well worth every second of waiting. I'm so happy. I am surrounded by helpful, bald, white guys all night long. This could not be going better. So then the the, the guy comes to um. The guy comes to take her to uh, the X-ray. So I have to you know wake her up and take her in. She's not happy. But he was cool about it. This was you know yet another guy, the X-ray guy. Just if you're keeping score, the x-ray guy, African-American man with hair. Annoyingly tall, thin, and good looking. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. No, he was, he was a good guy. So he takes us down to do the x-ray. And I have to put on the big lead coat 
had a nice zebra pattern on it. I always like a nice animal print when I'm putting on a lead overcoat. You know, nothing too flashy, but a nice animal print is always nice. She has to she has to put on a little lead skirt, you know, protect my uh, grandkids. She's not happy we do the x-ray thing. So blah, blah, blah. So they must look at the x-ray and everything's cool. And they're going to give her the steroids. So eventually the, the nurse guy comes back in and he's got, oh, that's right. We went to the bathroom. We get back in, and he's in the room and he's got some apple juice. And it's got the medicine in it. Let's take the medicine. And he obviously has dealt with kids because he's got the whole rap down about, well, you know, there's, there is some medicine in here, but this is mostly juice. And then you get to drink all that juice and she's not having it. No. Princess says no. Princess says no. Just a little bit of it. So she takes a tiny little no. So this goes on for a while and then he does, he decides, okay, it's time to pull out the big guns. And he says it very nicely. Well, honey, you really need to take this medicine or I'm going to have to give you this medicine, but in a shot. Now you don't want a shot, do you? And she says, yeah, I think I'd rather have a shot. No, honey. No, no, no. But listen, you don't need to have a shot if you just drink this. See, then we won't even have to give you a shot. No. No, I, I, I want a shot. That stuff's yucky. Well, yeah, I can understand why you won't take it. But um, listen, just drink it. We want No, no, no. No, 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 she says. Give me the shot. I don't know if, if in all this guy's years of uh, medical practice, he's never heard of a, a five-year-old princess wanting to take a shot or whatever. He's, he was a little dumbfounded. Like, oh, um, oh, okay. Okay. I will. Uh, okay. I'll, will you, you, yep. Okay. So, you know, time passes now. My experience with children and shots has been not good. You know, kids need inoculations. You know what I mean? Every X number of months or every X number of years, they need a little, get a little shot, right? And with Hudson, listen, I don't think he would uh, mind me telling you this. Hudson uh, did not like shots. I don't know what the human thing is, the big fear of needles and shots and all that stuff. Literally, and we have a great pediatrician, but he would, you know, he has the kids sit on your leg and then they put their legs between your legs. And so you can kind of clamp down on the legs. You kind of hold the arm, you kind of shield the eyes and he, he gets in there and out real fast. Hudson, seriously, he hates shots so much that he can be sitting on my lap. I can have his legs between my legs, hold grip, hold his arm, shield his face as the doctor's coming at him with the needle, like Bruce Lee, and he can kick the needle out of the doctor's hands. I've seen him do it. The doctor has a firm grasp and just, and that's it. It's over. Both the kids hate, 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 hate. And then one day Hudson just said, ask, you know what, I'm done with that. And now he just will take a shot. He doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. But whenever Princess has needed a shot, she's been with Mama. So I have no Princess shot experience whatsoever. Well, next thing you know, then a nurse comes in, a different nurse, a female nurse that I've never seen before. And she's got the needle. And she's got this look on her face like, I'm really going to stick this little girl with this needle? This really? She's, she didn't go for the apple juice? So she starts trying to sell my daughter on different flavors of uh, juice to put the drinking medicine in. I, well, what about apple, cran apple? Cherry? We've got cherry, bubble gum, anything? It's like, no, I want the shot. Okay, well, we're going to give it to you in your leg. Um, Can you take down your, your um, pajama bottoms? Yeah, sure. Takes them down. Well, um, okay, I got to clean your leg. Do you want to help me clean your leg? Yeah, sure. Princess takes the thing. She starts, she's swabbing off her leg. 
I swear to God, if she'd needed a tourniquet, she'd be pulling on the rubber hose with her teeth. Ah, give me that thing. Plop. And she did. She, she swabbed her leg, held it out. Give it to me. Boom. And that was it. Ow, that hurt. Where's my popsicle? You promised me a popsicle. May I please have my popsicle? Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess we did. I mean, they're just, wow, we've never seen this before. They would have been less shocked if we came in with, you know, with my head hanging off like one little piece of sinew. You know what I mean? Like that would have been less shocking to them than a five-year-old girl taking a in the leg. So this little girl that I call Princess, whose name is no longer Princess Tirade, because you know what? She squawked a little bit because we had to wake her up for the x-ray. This kid was stone. Stone. She is a stone cold patient. She is now Princess Trooper. At least until she annoys the hell out of me again. Princess Trooper. You, you going to give me a shot? Yeah, here, right here, honey. Wah! Now, where's my popsicle? We had a deal. She's a beautiful trooper. Beautiful trooper. Are you proud of me, Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, honey. I got to tell you. Proud. Yeah. Yeah. You're proud of me, aren't you, Dad? Yeah. Are you kidding? I don't know what to say. Sometimes I... I just don't know what to say. Thanks for, uh, thanks. Just thanks. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying thanks for. Thanks for listening. Uh, write me at uh, pill, P-I-L-L, at danclass.com, or just go to the website, thebitterspill.com. Uh, there's links there to contact. You know, leave comments, all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, Animal Rescue Force Friends is now in the iTunes directory. Uh, put a link in the show notes for this. If uh, you were particularly taken by the show, if you have, are in the mood to write a comment or rate the show or anything like that, please feel free. Uh, Hudson, you know, it is a family production and uh, homework comes first. So we are working on the script for the first fact file and uh, some other fun stuff. And then we'll finish up the first story. But um, thanks. Thanks to everybody for watching the ARF thing, too. That was that's really it's gotten a lot of views and uh Thanks. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for patronizing my art. <laughs> thanks for patronizing me and patronizing my art. Uh, to all of you, uh, you know, bless you. Oh, and, and I'll put a link in the show notes if you're interested in reading some Dostoevsky. You know what I mean? I mean, if I had time, I would just read that whole thing into the mic as an audiobook. I think it's so far, Nose from the Underground is just so awesome. I want to start reading some real stuff. You know what I mean? Do you, do you, you know, like you watch trashy TV and read trashy and read magazines and all that. Like, you know, every once in a while I got to read some classic something. So right now it's notes from the underground. Little did I know that it would speak right at me. Like, so you're <laughs> it's just freaky, man. Anyway, notes from the underground, the official book of um, the bitters pill spring. Oh, <laughs> wait. All right. Listen, um, you will hear from me next week. While I'm away, it will not be an away show. It's a pre-recorded thing. But um, and then I will fill you in on um how my gut sucking in went in Hawaii. Okay, okay, okay. Be a trooper. Be a trooper. Be a trooper. And any of you that are in the medical field, thank you. All right, you understand me? We do thank you. We complain, but we thank you. Okay. All right. Later. 
Please don't break, please don't break, please, please don't break, please don't break, please, please don't break, please don't break, please, please don't break, please don't break. The bitterest pill is produced by Jacket Media, JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. Thank you for listening to this free podcast from The Bitterest Pill. If you would like to hear more, go to TheBitterestPill.com. There you can purchase Pillbox and Pillbox 2, the complete first and second year of The Bitterest Pill Premium. Or you can become a premium pill subscriber and get the shows as they are released, instead of waiting for three years to get them free. Seriously, how can you be that patient? This podcast has been sponsored by The Bitterest Pill Premium, now only $2.99 a month. Pretty cheap, right? Thank you for listening.